0: Welcome back to Addicted to Recovery, the brand new podcast bringing you the truth about addiction. Our aim is to raise awareness about recovery and change the way society views the addict. My name is Christopher White, I'm joined by my dear friend, co-host and fellow recovering addict, Max Thomas. How are you today, mate? Yeah, good, man. you? Great, mate. Good, good. Good to be back. It is indeed, yeah. Yeah, I, I was on. very impressed with the way you uh, you opened up yeah, your nice. first episode. You're a natural on the mic, mate. Thanks, mate. And, uh, yeah. I think people are going to be looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. Cheers, bro. No problem at all. So today we are focusing on reaching out for help. Yeah. It's uh, obviously the first thing we need to do when we come in and uh, we want to change our lives and we want to get into recovery. We have to reach out. We have to let people know that we want to sort ourselves out. We need some help to do it. So um, for me, there's many different ways that it can be done. Um, me personally, I came through treatment. Yep, I know you went straight to the rooms, straight to the fellowship. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, look for me, I needed, um, I needed that break from my life. I needed that break from reality. I needed to sort of take a step back. And, um, luckily I was in a position that. Would you
1: say you reached out for help or you pushed at the start? I'd already reached out
0: for help. So to be honest, I'm just talking about my journey this time around from, from when I, Got clean and stayed clean. Yeah, the first time I ever reached out for help was many years before um, I was in and out of the rooms for like five years, relapsing before I actually stayed clean. Yeah, and um, yeah, good point actually. First, the first person I ever reached out to was a friend of mine. Um, their mum was in recovery, mm. and uh, it was one of them one of them weeks where I'd just been at it and um, couldn't stop, couldn't couldn't get my head around the fact that why I couldn't stop. It was like very, I was 27 years old. It's that age, isn't it? Where it's like people start, um, you either go one way or the other. And um, I basically said to her, I think I'm a drug addict. What do I do? And she said to me, you come to a meeting. And I'm like, when's that then? And she's like, oh, tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't do
1: that. No, of course not. (laughs) I'm too busy for that.
0: (laughs) Come on, I've got so much going on. Like typical addict response. So um, she's like, there's a really good meeting in Basildon on Wednesday night. Mm. and I was like brilliant I'll be there yeah, nice. so she's like come pick me up took me there it was a meeting for the cocaine fellowship so there's, that was my drug of choice yeah. so it seemed like the uh, yeah. seemed like the way to go got there and uh, first time I'd ever seen the 12 steps and yeah. 12 traditions written up on the wall mm. and um, it was powerful it was the first time I ever introduced myself as an addict in that fellowship they go around the room before the meeting starts and everyone says their name and that they're an addict
1: Are you in denial at this point or not
0: uh, no, I knew. No. I knew. I'd known for years. Yeah. The way I used and just the the situations I put myself in, it was pretty clear mm. to me at that point that I, I had a serious problem. And, um, yeah, so I introduced myself as an addict. I, I shared in that meeting. I broke down. Nice. I remember something someone said to me, actually, this guy who was taking the meeting. Um, I shared, got really emotional, started tearing up, and I was like, I just know I'm not a bad person. Yeah. But the things I'm doing, it's like I am a bad person. And this guy sort of interjected and he was like, you're not a bad person. You're a sick person. Mm -hmm. And um,
1: it brings out the worst of us, doesn't it?
0: Of course it does. And uh, funny enough, someone said something the other day that really ran true. We're not bad people trying to get good. We're sick people trying to get well. Yeah. Good and bad doesn't come into it. Um, So, yeah, I knew I wasn't a bad person. Look, I'd like to say that I stayed clean from that day forward. I didn't um i started running around trying to make amends to people the day after and yeah, nice. telling telling people that, that, go? that i was in that didn't go very well. <laughs> it didn't go very well uh, um
1: but i get you yeah yeah you, you yeah it's um
0: i thought i was fixed because i had been to one meeting yeah completely naively but um
1: i remember going to a few meetings early on yeah so come on, how did you where, where did you first reach out for help I think um, I was in denial for fucking years. Do you know what I mean? Years and years and years. And um, I think towards the end, I reckon the last year of my using, it was really getting on top. And I was just getting—I was pretty confused. I suppose it was like definition—definition of insanity—is repeating the same behavior, expecting different results. And that I was insane, massively insane for that last year. I can remember it with a couple of kids at home. Um, and just not being able to change my behaviors and just continually going out for a couple of drinks and disappearing, and come back and coming back 24 hours later and yeah. just hurting every single person that came my way. And, um, yeah, but, but still in denial, still thinking I was dad of the year, husband of the year, do you know yeah. what I mean, son of the year. And, um, yeah, I think my older brother said to me, do you think you've got a problem? He's in recovery, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he he said to me, "Do you think you've got a problem?" Um, I go to it. go to a fellowship. Um, do you want to come with me? And I think I just tagged along, Chris. It, yeah, like early on. And uh, I, at that at that stage, I was I was not ready to ask for help. Do you know what I mean? I was sat there begrudgingly at the back, thinking, "Fuck this!" Um, looking for all the differences, not the similarities. Yeah, judgy, massively judgy. Um, and just not wanting to be there, I didn't share like you did initially. Yeah. Um, I, um, I just thought I was better than. I knew everything. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I was just a party boy that sometimes got a bit out of control. Like I said, completely deluded. Really, yeah. um, like the 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 picture I had of myself was was completely deluded. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was one person. Natural fact, I was behaving and acting like a completely different person. Yeah, we can't see ourselves, can we, when we're in that. No, I was just. It took me to get kicked out of my house by my wife mm-hmm. and not being able to see my kids to to take this seriously. And then I then I properly asked for help. I, I remember going to that. It was a very different experience that was. Going, yeah. going to a meeting thinking I knew, knew the score and why the fuck am I here compared to having nowhere else to turn. Going in desperate. That's a different experience, yeah. right? And um, then I did start crying and then I did start opening up and sharing. And um getting vulnerable and I suppose that's when my journey began, but I had yeah. to get to that. They call it the the gift of desperation, your rock bottom. It comes in very different um, varieties and loads of different people have got different experiences on that situation, but it, it, there always is really a rock bottom. Yeah. I, I don't know. And if... this
0: is what I wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah.
0: Rock bottom's is different for everyone. Yeah. And for me personally, I had several. Yeah. Multiple rock bottoms, each one worse than the next. Mm. And, um, When is bad enough, bad enough? Mm. It's different for everybody. Like you said, the way we used was similar, but different. I was a daily user. Yeah. You were a binge user. So I feel like for the binge user, there's a lot more deniability and it's plausible Mm. because for me, it was so clear to see, so obvious that, I would wake up in the morning and I would use, and I would use all day long. Yeah. And then I would use something else to try and get me to sleep. It was very, very obvious. For someone like you, still had a great job, Mm. had had a nice house, nice cars, shiny suit, and didn't use from Monday to Thursday. Mm. It's easy for someone like that to say to themselves, I can't be an addict. So the fact that you got in when you did and stayed clean, that's off to you. I don't know if i would have if i could still have them four five days off in the middle of the week i probably wouldn't have um gone to the extremes yeah but the,
1: the, the delusional side of it is where i've been using all weekends i get i get eventually get home sneaking through the back door whatever and then yeah. I'm, I'm in the kitchen down in pints of vodka because i know i've got to be up for work in 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 three hours time do you yeah. know what i mean and then still not thinking I've got a problem. I mean, that, yeah. that was it for yeah, yeah. the last it's year. The last year, like, tip, I remember tippy-toeing on, on the kitchen floor downstairs not to make hunting for booze, hunting yeah. for booze at like five in the morning. And what off, did you think that last bit of booze was going to give you? Just to try and get me off to sleep. Okay. Yeah, it was It was not... I was I was way past trying to reach a high at this point. Yeah. But I remember down in pints of vodka, I'm feeling that fucking alcohol going. Oh, this, this will help. Yeah. It's just madness, then going into work and trying to be this insurance guy. Do you know what I mean? It's like, fuck, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm. It's insane. It's exactly like you said. It's absolute insanity. But how offensive is that to say to someone that doesn't think they're insane, doesn't know they're insane? Mm. When you start reading the definitions and you look at step two, when it's like insanity, Mm. I now know I was completely and utterly insane. Mm. I would wake up every day being like, today is going to be different. And I would do exactly the same things as I've done yesterday, like you said, expecting a different result. And it's yeah, just never going to
1: happen, is it? I'd feel terrible, obviously. Um, Monday, Tuesday, feel a bit better. Wednesday, do you know what I mean? Spending 20 mm. quid down the bakers, eating shit food, do you know what I mean? All that sort of stuff. But yeah. come Thursday, I'm feeling all right. Do you know what I mean? Like I've forgotten that I, what that Sunday night took me the week before. Mm. I've forgotten the pain that I caused my missus, and I wasn't around all weekend because I was hungover or just not about, my kids didn't see me. Come that Thursday, that's how cunning and baffling this illness yeah. is, right? Come that Thursday, I'm ready to go again. Yeah. I'm ready to go again. We recover really quickly. Yeah, and then the Friday comes round. In the shower, I'm talking to myself saying, tonight's going to be different, Max. You're going to have a few beers, do you know what I mean? Have a laugh, get a kebab and go home at 11 o'clock, and then...
0: Tea back. time in the morning or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. then come Sunday night, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. walking in at five in the morning again. Yeah. It's just... That's, yep. And when is enough enough? Do you know what I mean? I, I think I had to, I truly believe, and this might sound sick, if I didn't have a wife and two kids, I'd probably be still doing the same stuff yep. because I wouldn't have had the consequences. I know loads of guys who are single and I'll act the way I used to act and have completely no idea why, they, why they're doing it. Yep. But because they've not got the consequences, they don't, they don't know when enough's enough. They just keep going round on that fucking merry-go-round. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's- yeah. I'll say for me, the
0: towards the end of my using, so after that, when I said I first come in, I was in and out, in and out. The problem what happened for me was I told everyone I was an addict. but I was nowhere near ready to stop. Yeah. So my world got really small. Yeah. Real sneaky, a bit. Really sneaky. Yeah. I was using and pretending I wasn't. Mm. And I couldn't go to the places that I was going before. So mm. I just got really isolated. Mm. Me, my drugs, get away from me. Yeah. As long as I had my drugs and everyone left me alone, mm. I thought I was okay. In the reality, it wasn't. I was just like using on my own. It was just sad. It was yeah. so sad. But for me in the end, The lies, the sneakiness, the stealing, the cheating. Yeah. That was the consequence that really made me want to stop. Yeah. It wasn't the drug use. Yeah. It was the carnage that I was causing around me by my liars and my deceit and just like the look of disgust on people's faces, like people I loved. they was just
1: looking at me like I was pathetic. And I was. I went missing this last time. My last time I used drugs nearly five years ago and, um, yeah, my dad, who's old school, do you know what I mean? Mm. I, love him. I love him a bit, but he's old school, that sort of generation, and my brother were out looking for me. Mm. And um, well, everyone was out looking for me. And, uh, yeah, they eventually found me. And I just, yeah, I suppose this was part of the rock bottom, seeing his, he's quite a big guy, do you know what I mean? And um, seeing his worried face when, mm. when they eventually found me and the, and the condition that I was in. And... Just how fucked I was, man. Knew his baby. Yeah. And then I remember ge- going around my brother's, I think I was at uh, that night, looking in the mirror and just crying my eyes out, yeah. thinking, how the fuck have you got here? Do yeah. you know what I mean? This started out fun. Da- dancing on speakers, chatting up girls. Yeah. And fast forward the tape. You know what I mean, it's, it, it's basically taking- you're, every- break, you're breaking your dad's heart. Yeah. Taking everything that- is, yeah. is dear to you yeah. um, that's the thing with drinking drugs I, it gave me at the start it gave me everything that I thought I wanted the confidence do you know what I mean the the, the dance moves do you know what I mean the, yeah. the acting the fall and then what it does slowly but surely it takes every single piece of that back and takes so much more doesn't yeah. it that's it the takes thing takes your dignity yeah. your morals yeah. it takes everything yeah I crossed that line that line was pushed and pushed and pushed and um, yeah, I constantly move that line back. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, I'll never do that.
0: Then you've done it. Once you've done it one time, I might as well do it again. And the next, oh no, I'm never going to do that. And then you
1: do it. So the and second it just summer getting pushed back. The second summer rocked up in in the rooms when I was ready. Mrs. had kicked me out. Couldn't see the kids. Um, that was when I genuinely asked for help. Mm. Um, before before that, when I, when I had my first little dabble with recovery. I mean, I, I was like you. I I think I admitted to my missus that I had a problem. And then, like you, my world got very, very small. And I remember doing fucking crazy stuff, like going out on the piss and then sitting with a couple of homeless guys on the high street telling them how good recovery was. Do you really? know what I mean? How mad is that? Yeah. Just going – and them looking at me, i got a homeless guy looking at me going – you're fucking crazy because you're, <laughs> yeah. you're,
0: you're, you're away from me. You're, <laughs> yeah.
1: you're pissed up trying to tell me to get into recovery. I mean, yeah. And I was trying to preach to them, but this top, the second time I went into recovery, I was completely broken. Mm. And I, that was when I asked for help. And the beautiful thing about the fellowship is, I mean, I, I just everyone couldn't do enough to help me it was just my the their arms were wrapped around me from from meeting number one the welcome i got and then um you said something last week i think about people remembering your name when you come back yeah this for that second meeting yeah it's um it's stuff like that i just immediately felt um part of um we're in this together all the stuff that the fellowship offers you um but that asking for help thing is, is massive, isn't it? It's yeah. um it's it's so important. Of course it is. And
0: look, someone shared the other day actually, and I really um I really took it to heart. So it's basically he was saying that every door in his life was closed. He go around his mum's, don't come in here. Go around his brothers, don't come in here. Yeah. He it w- was allowed in shops because he was he was saying that every door was closed, but the doors to the fellowship were open. And he was coming in and going out and coming in and relapsing and going out. But them doors were always open and they always will be for addicts like us. It's the last house on the block, right? And we'll always be welcome. So I was out and about using my world got really small mm. and a uh, very similar situation to yours. Mm. My missus is like, kicked me out. Once again, went around to my mom and dad's like I normally did. They wouldn't let me in. And, um, I know that's what happened from that day. They stopped enabling me to mm-hmm. use. I didn't know what enabling meant. No. So basically, if you're if you're letting someone in and you're giving them giving them a chance to to keep using, you're enabling that person to use. Like right? if you're giving someone money or if you're making it giving them an easy ride. And um, all the doors were closed to me, like that guy said the other day. And um, I got desperate. Like we said, the gift of desperation. And uh, I asked for help. And this time I wasn't doing it for anybody else. I was doing it because I really wanted it. Mm. And I think that's key. When you're coming into recovery, you got to really want it. Yeah. And unfortunately for an addict like me to really want it, I had to go to some dark places. Yeah. Some really, really dark places. Mm -hmm. Every other option had to be off the table. Yeah. Until there was one left says it in the literature jails institutions and death yeah they're the only ways out well there's a fourth option which is coming to recovery get clean live your life by some pretty simple principles Mm. and you can have all these gifts that we've been given and um my story like we said before was for a treatment center yeah and um to be honest the
1: drug that i used you asked your mum and dad for help, really, didn't you? Yeah. Your, yeah.
0: yeah, They'd been holding out for a long time because uh, I've been talking about rehab for a while. I think I was just sort of trying to palm it off. Thank God they they held off until they did because I only had one shot at it. Mm. They couldn't have just kept throwing money at me. Um, and, yeah, went into, went into treatment. For me personally, like, like I was saying, the drug I use, cocaine, is not a drug that you need to be detoxed off of. No. I think they gave me, like, one Valium just to calm me down when I first got into rehab. Yeah. Um, there are other substances alcohol Mm. opiates Mm. that if you just stop taking them can be really dangerous yeah you can go in into the dts Mm. delirium tremors you can withdraw so badly that you can actually kill you so when people need to reach out for help or when they do and they first get into recovery it's all well and good saying oh you can go straight to the rooms Mm. but if you're heavily addicted to alcohol physically addicted or heavily addicted to opiates yeah there's certain steps that you need to take. Yeah. And um, funny enough, I was talking to a lady earlier on who's really, um, really well known and does loads for the, for the drug services, local drug services. And um, yeah, she just gave me a little bit of information. So basically... You don't have to go to an inpatient treatment center. Okay. They're really expensive. Yeah. Not everyone can afford it. Sometimes mm. there's funding available, yep. but it's a very, very small, small percentage that will ever get that opportunity unless they can pay for it. So there's a lot of local drug services that you can go to. Um, there's a thing called an ambulatory detox client. So the client will come in, sit down, get assessed. They'll talk about what drugs they take. Mm the people at this drug center yeah. will then offer levels of care. There's nice. normally one-on-one you'll come in. And this is all free, is it? It's all free. Amazing. So they will come in, they'll get put on the right prescription. Yeah. Cause a lot of people like a guy, we know was coming to the rooms for a long time. Yeah. And he couldn't pick up his first key ring because no. he technically wasn't clean because he was still on his prescription. Yeah. Slowly weaned off. And this happens a lot. And I really take my out to them, people. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they'll put you on certain drugs. If you're, an alco- if you're an alcoholic, you might be on Librium. And then after a while, they'll put you on a Acamprosate, which is like drugs that help you wean off of certain substances. For me, my problem was with cocaine. There's no physical withdrawal. So they say, me personally, I sort of disagree with that. Scientifically... You're not going to die if you stop taking cocaine. No, but for me personally, I would withdraw off cocaine really badly, mm. and um, to the point where I needed to use again. Mm. But apparently, it's all psychological. Powerful stuff, right? Yeah, amazing. So, um, yeah, people come in; they can get help through the drug services, which is always pretty much always they'll be steered towards certain fellowships where they can come
1: in, start working with other addicts. Yeah, I think it's. it's, it's I think it's good to say that you're not going to get in trouble are you to go to the drug services and say you need some help. I no. think that, I think that needs to be mentioned. And, uh, cause I think a lot of people out there who are struggling are probably thinking they keep on struggling because if they, yeah. if they come forward and own it, yeah, that they're going to get in serious bother. And, um, yeah. I think this is a good platform to say that, do you know I mean, asking for help is, is such a brave thing to do. Um, and, uh, Look in today's society, especially men, it's like, is, is sort of frowned upon to ask for help, and it? it's fucking backwards massively. Yeah, it's um, Don't talk about feelings. No, and these, um, yeah, the drug services, like you said, Chrissy, are, are phenomenal, aren't they? And the, yeah. the people that give up their time to to help um, addicts and and try and get them on a better path, um, I, my hat goes off to them. And this uh, is why. So look, being
0: um, drug addicts ourselves, or being addicts ourselves, yeah. We're uniquely qualified to help the people that are still suffering. For me, I did lots of counselling and stuff before I ever came to the rooms, and I really struggled with the fact that it was like a it was like a, a transaction.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember you are saying yeah?
0: And um, what happens with with the fellowships and with one addict helping another? Mm. It's for free. Yeah, I do a lot of service with newcomers. Mm. I'm taking a few sponsors through the work at a minute. Yeah, lovely. And um, I've got a really busy life. I've got a young family, two kids, misses. I run my own business. And I still make time for these guys because um, it's the therapeutic value of one addict helping another. Helping them helps me. You yeah, can only keep this stuff by giving it away, right? Mm. And um, most of these drug services are staffed or yeah. run. Yeah. By recovering addicts. Yeah. So these people know what these other people are going through. Of Course, yeah. And it's obviously everybody used different, but we're all the same. We use different. Our feelings and our emotional response to the to the drugs we took mm. were very similar. It took at the end of the day, it took us to the same place. We met in the fellowship. Yeah. So I just wanna I just wanna get it out there that. Exactly like you said. There's no shame in it. For me, the shame is in not asking for help.
1: Yeah, it's easy to sit here and say that, but when I was, when we were both in that situation, yeah. it's it's, it's a fucking hard thing to of do. It is. It? But it's is it hard. not the best thing you've ever done? It's, yeah, oh, that's gonna say like the the rewards for making that step. Um, it's just I mean, I'm, I'm living a life now where one of the bonuses is that I don't use drink and drugs, but I can be myself. Right, I, I'm 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 a lot more. I'm a lot more caring, kind. Um, I give my time freely too. I've got some sponsees myself and I give my time freely. I want... My, one of my favourite things in recovery is seeing the newcomer come in. I was out of one last night, went for some fellowship and some food and uh, mm. this chap was 60 days clean and um, I could just see the lights, his sparkly eyes, man. And yeah. I was looking at him. I felt, He probably thought I was a bit weird, but I was looking yeah. at him across the table. I was just thinking, wow, because I saw this guy come in 60, 90 days ago and... Um, even that short period of time, yeah. he's just got that hope, that bit of a spark, yeah. and it's all come from him saying, "I'm fucked. I need some help." And this guy's fifty-five, probably, um, and it just, it's just is so brave. And there's such power in that. I think to to want to change your life, mm. right? We only get one life, don't we? And it's very fucking short. And um, I just think to have that courage to say no, I'm fucked. I need some help. It's just, it's, it's, it's massive. It is really massive. And And how
0: massive do you think it is, um, to surrender? Yeah. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Common misconception. Mm. People think we're fighting. Mm. We're not fighting. The minute you walk in and hold your hands up and surrender, the fight's over. Yeah. People say to me all the time, oh, that must've been so hard getting clean and staying clean. You must have so much willpower. And it's the opposite. What was hard for me was using drugs daily. Yeah, That was a rat race. Mm. It was constant.
1: Mm.
0: Always trying to be here, there, everywhere. Like, got to make another move. Got to do this. Got to do that. When Mm. I walked in, held my hands up and said, I can't fucking do it anymore. Mm. I surrendered and I won. They say it's the only fight that you surrender to win.
1: For me, it was... When I came in, I didn't know why i was doing these things Mm. i was just told to go to these meetings i was didn't know what to expect and um the beauty for me was that within i reckon a couple of meetings i started to hear my story i was Mm. like fucking hell yeah identification that's why i'm doing this stuff because they talk about i didn't quite fit in when i was a kid or life scares me on like on 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 a daily basis i struggled to open my post, um, loads of just really weird, quirky things. And I was thinking, they're not talking about drugs, these guys. They're not talking how I let I mean, I let my parents down or um, wasn't very good at communicating when I was at school, all that sort of stuff. And like it was light bulbs were just going off in my head and I just wanted more straight away. Mm. I wanted more. I wanted to learn about me. It was sort of the... Yeah, I was for the first 30, 60, 90 days, I was really holding on for dear life, trying not to use. But very quickly, I just cottoned on. There's so much more to this illness, right? It's not actually that much about drugs. No, it's not. It's mad, ain't it? Yeah. It's really not. I've just got a discomfort for life, basically. Even five years clean, I can wake up and feel completely alone, do you yeah. I mean, and struggle with just the most basic of tasks, even getting out of bed to struggle sometimes. But today... I've got these tools and people in my yeah, life. I was just about to say, what do you do? it comes on you like that. Yeah. It's, it's more, I've been programmed to, I do a prayer to my higher power in the morning. Um, when I'm walking my dog normally just to, um, and it's normally my prayer is about other people. So straight away, getting myself out of self, out of self into helping others, into helping others. i pray for some people who, even people that might've wronged me in the past, Christian, mm-hmm. I mean, it might sound weird. That's but powerful. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing to do. Um, I pray for my family and my kids. And if I've got a meeting that day, I pray for instead of paying for a Ferrari and wealth and a A tennis court, I I pray for if I've got a meeting for, let me be the best version of myself today. Mm. Give me some confidence. Let me hold my head high in that meeting. Mm. Um, It just, I don't know what it is. I've just been programmed that way. And I I do not ever go a day now without doing my, um, Mm. my prayer. I reach out to the newcomers in the morning. So i say a few hellos. Um, Again, just to get that immediate connection, I'll do a gratitude list because I can feel fucking really ungrateful. I've got a great life and I can really feel ungrateful. Mm. Um, and um, doing a gratitude list, whatever it would be, one to ten or one to five or one to two, do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be loads, but it just makes you – actually, I've, do you know what I mean? Life ain't that bad, is it? Yeah. i and love to um, be grateful for. Yes. Yeah, I read it Just for Today in the Morning, which is um, like a book um, – which which we're given in in our fellowship. Um, All these little things basically forms my program. Um, And suddenly I I walk out my front door and it's not that bad. Do you know what Mm. I mean? It's So what a transformation. Think about
0: five years prior, Mm. you wake up, same head, Mm. same thinking pattern in
1: the morning, Mm. but you haven't got them tools. Mm. What do you do? I'm angry. I'm scared. Um, I'm judgmental. Um, it comes out in my behaviours, basically. And you start looking for things to put in you to change the way you feel. Of course, yeah.
0: And that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. This is the difference, right? My disease is still the same. My medicine is different. Yeah. My medicine was cocaine, marijuana, alcohol, porn, food. I would always try and just put more in, put more in, put more in, bury them feelings. Yeah. Now, my programme does that for me. Yeah. I can get out of the way and I was listening to this old speaker tape and this guy was talking about, um, it's a process of subtraction. Yeah. We come in, we're not actually adding anything. We're adding a little bit of knowledge, but knowledge avails us nothing. What we're doing is we're given a set of tools to remove things from our life one at a time until nothing's in the way anymore. We basically get out of our own way. Yeah, nice. And um, I was like, wow, he's right, he's right. Get rid of that, get rid of that, get rid of that. Align my will with my higher power's will, Mm. because my higher power doesn't want anything but the best for me. Like you were just saying, stop praying for specific things. Yeah. Your will be done. And it's like, good things start happening. All the things that I was promised in the beginning have come true and I haven't specifically gone out to try and do them things. What I've done is taken the suggestions, aligned my will with my higher powers will. The people who have come before me, I asked them what they did. Mm. They told me, I did what they did. And all them things that they said were gonna happen, happened. Like, yeah, I wanted a nice car. I wanted to get my missus back. I wanted my kids in my life. I wanted my parents to be able to trust me again. By taking these steps and going through this process, Mm without me actually directly trying to do them things, it's all happened. And um, all I did was get out of the way.
1: Yeah, it just goes, for me, it goes back to the uh, the asking for help stuff because mm. I genuinely thought my marriage was over, right? Yeah. And um, so I asked my sponsor for his help. What What's his thoughts around it? And he, he said, have you tried marriage counselling? I loved my missus and I just thought this, the, the way I treated her, it was done, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, again, before I would have been gone into that massively closed minded and said, no, nah, it's not for me. Do you know what I mean? We can do this, we can, we, we'll talk to each other and work something out or whatever. And that was that was the old Max. But I asked him for his help, his opinion, and he said, just fucking give it a go. And we did marriage counselling for about a year. And um, how was that experience? It was just the most, I say, beautiful experience, but painful, I bet painful, but it was, it was a, it was a great thing to do. Mm. Um, and John, I mean, we're still together today and our relationships better than it ever has been. Um, it was, yeah, the counseling side of things, I went in, we both met the counselor separate initially and then they brought us together. Um, I think to get two sides of the story probably. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's the way they do it. And then, then we, then we came together and it was, it was nice to have, like someone, not referee in the situation, but it was nice to have an impartial view, I suppose, because it put me in my shit. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it, it, um, but then she started talking about like love language and all that sort of stuff. And it was just, it was a learning experience, really. Because even way before, like, there was stuff that needed addressing. And I think we addressed it and moved forward. But that again came from me asking another bloke's opinion and help. On on my marriage, do you know what I mean? And that was never, I would never have gone down that road. Yeah, not even asked, but actually followed through with it. Yeah. That's not what addicts do. Yeah, exactly. Because we
0: know best, right? Yeah. So how beautiful is that? You asked for the help.
1: You got given the advice. You took some action. And I live my my recovery is based, I do that on everything now. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? even if I think I know the answer to something, I will definitely ask someone else. Yep. What, what's your thoughts on it? And yeah, I can vouch for that. You call me all the time. Yeah, most of the time, people say to me, "You were going to fucking do what? You, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? You were going <laughs> to respond? A terrible idea. You were going <laughs> to respond how? Yeah. Um, but again, it's that. I, I, that's another beautiful gift that I've been given in in the fellowship is that I've got that ability now to ring another guy or or or, or woman and um, ask their opinion and I'm. I, Ask for help, and I just think we ain't got there anywhere else, have we? There's yeah. nowhere else. And so you can't go into the pub and say, Can you "Imagine if I had that conversation with the bloke in the pub about I'm yeah. <laughs> the marriage counselling? Yeah. What I mean? What
0: do you think I should do?
1: It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's just a, a beautiful thing that we're part of, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, so do
0: you think that was the first? You think um, you started being real honest with your misses through that process? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Honesty is just key. Yeah. It just, um, call, cool, carrying around all that bullshit. It's just, it's, it's hard work. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's just. Oh, I don't even want to go back there. To be honest, yeah. it wasn't. Just, um, I used to bullshit about the my stupid things in the end. Same. Do you know what I mean? Like, just. Where were you? What time did you get in? Like, it. it was oh, don't just, ask me that. Not no, one I'm using. No, it was. um <laughs> Yeah. But then I used to get angry about it. And why are you asking me that? And it yeah. was like, because well, you've got a couple of kids at home and you know, yeah. she wants to know where and you are. And I can are. tell you're lying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was... Um,
0: yeah. yeah. How nice. So, funny enough, this morning, so I, I had one of my sponsees working with me today. Yeah, nice. Picked him up from the station. Um, he's starting to put a bit of clean time together. Mm. Struggling a little bit financially. Yeah. in a position that I could help him out. And this of it right. He helped me out. He's done really well today. Cool. Um, so... I was on time to pick him up. I was actually a couple of minutes late, but I told him a little bit earlier so that I knew we made make it to work on time. I put these little contingencies in. I hate to be late. I used to always be late. Mm. I got there. My missus called. I had a lovely chat with my missus.
1: You're not worried about what she's going to say? You're right. I'm not. No.
0: I know she hasn't found anything because I'm not hiding anything. So she called, had a lovely chat with her. Got into the job, phone rings again. It was my mum. I'm like, brilliant, answer the phone. She had my my oldest boy over for a sleepover last night because missus wasn't very well. My boy just wanted to talk to me in the morning before he got to school. My mum wanted to see how I was doing. The client was happy to see me. I was on time. And- Close
1: to stress-free, is it? I
0: put the phone down and just <laughs> looked at my young spots here and I was like, what is yeah. my life
1: today? It's know. like, yeah. I'm honest- and to the normal person, that sounds basic, but so basic. Yeah, but it's for a, for someone
0: like me. Yeah, and let's have it right for millions of other people. That is uncomprehendable. Yeah, is that a is that a word for other people like me? That is completely out of the question. Yeah. You just cannot be done. Uh, the most basic, simple stuff, like you said. Yeah, when you looked in the mirror, and broke down and cried. Mm. I couldn't shed a tear. No. That simple human ability to cry, it wasn't in me. My granddad passed away. I loved my granddad dearly. I felt nothing, and I had so much shame around that stuff. Now, Jesus Christ!
1: Yeah, so
0: I'm so in tune with my emotions. Tears come to me easily. I say Maybe sometimes miss- a little
1: bit too easily. I say to my missus, I'm always on the edge. I mean, yeah, like, always on the edge. I do. I write poems, right? Yeah. I got into it a little bit. My mum does a bit and I do a bit. And um, so when it was my sister's 40th, I did a poem for that. I couldn't read it because yeah. I just cried the whole yeah. way through it. My auntie had to read it. And then I did a, my auntie turned 70 I did a poem for that, like funny poem sort of thing. And it was just, I did literally uh, the first line I was broke. I yeah, don't yeah. know, because I'm so, I suppose I'm so in you touch. You put your heart in it. Yeah. And I'm so in touch with my feelings now. No. I suppose the masks are all down, mm. and I'm, I'm. This is it's just raw. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm building up these, these experiences, and these. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm building up these defence mechanisms. I suppose. Um, yeah, it's good to cry, though, man. I feel. When it, of course, I, it is. Yeah, like you said, I, I never used to cry before. Um, yeah, the think I, th- I suppose the thing with me, Chrissy, I was the main difference for me now is I was so fucking selfish, mm-hmm. so selfish, and didn't know it as well. people with self-centred disease. People used to say to me, my, my parents used to say to me, my wife used to say to me, you're selfish. And I was like, nah, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? And um, that's the, I, I, it's a huge change in me. Like they, they yeah. step six, seven in, in, in the fellowship is about, is about change. And um, yeah, it's, um it's been a, one of the biggest changes. I still can't be selfish at times, of course, but. Um, of course. Yeah. It's, um when you're self-centred to the core like we were. Yeah. It's always going to be there. But, we can acknowledge it and we can change our behaviour. Yeah. The whole world used to re- revolve around me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And today is is definitely different. I put the myself the world's out. a much
0: bigger place today.
1: Yeah. I was Yeah, consumed by myself mm. and um nothing else mattered. It was um and a lot of the time I wanted to feel good all the time. Mm. And the only way I could do that was by putting a load of Yeah, that's a great
0: explanation of what addiction is. Mm i need to feel good and i need to feel good now yeah
1: and i'll, I'll do anything to feel good yeah. basically yeah yeah
0: how about on the flip side that all we needed to do was stop using mm. and now we feel good all the time
1: mm.
0: majority of the time yeah i'd say 95 percent of the time i am just great no you are no yeah i'm just great yeah i really am and um a bit of patience and tolerance because mm-hmm. i was so impatient intolerable I'll be standing in a queue in a shop, and there'll be two people in front of me. And I'm like, hurry up. <laughs> Stop doing whatever you... Get out of the way. Yeah. Serve me. Yeah. Right. Pull up at McDonald's drive-thru. There'll be three cars there. And I'm like, how dare these people be in front of me? Yeah. Right? Today, I'll put up like take a deep breath. Sometimes I don't even need to and just go with the flow. It's not needed, is it? It's really not needed. I've got a young baby at the minute. We had a really uh, sleepless night the other day. Mm. And, um, I had to be up at six in the morning to be, to go to work. And it was sort of like one, I was awake, two, I was awake, three, I was awake, just nodding off, baby's up again, nodding off, baby's up again. And, um, I just said to my missus, like, are you okay? Is he okay? Is there anything I can do? Can I help you? And, um, Eventually got some sleep, woke up in the morning and my missus said to me, She was like, You were great last night. Thanks,
1: Thank you, thanks mate. for helping.
0: And um things like that just didn't even come into the picture when I when I was using. No. I'm like, how dare you make this noise? I need to be up at six in the morning. Yeah. I pay the bills in this house and just like
1: me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And um I could still fall into it though, man. Honestly I can. Me too. My little boy was poorly the other other month and um it was like middle of the night and my missus said I need to take him to the hospital. My go-to reaction was, it's the middle of the night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking sick to admit that. But that was, and I sort of snapped out. And then <laughs> I'm a bit, but I still was in and out. I didn't actually think it was as bad as it was. He had to have his panics out in the end. It was yeah. pretty dark. Um, but once it was on, I was all over it. But my immediate was like, this is, I'm asleep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's me. That it sounds fucking sick, but it's. But look,
0: for me, stuff like that. Mm. Is You said you snapped out of it quickly. Yeah. It's a good indicator of how well we're working our program mm. about how quickly we snap out of them things because they'll always be there. Mm. Right? But if we get consumed by that self and we let our self will run riot, mm. we have to suffer the consequences. That shows to me that you're working a good program and you're in tune with yourself.
1: Yeah, the beauty is what this program offers me. That night or the night after, I did a step 10 I saw an inventory and on it was the way I reacted to that, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think if if I continue to react like that and continue to be and self and self centeredness and selfishness came up on my step ten, then me and my sponsor would look at it, do you know what I mean? Of course. So that's the beauty of it. I'm not you ain't cute. when even at five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty years clean, do you know what I mean? You still you you still have addictive tendencies to be fucking selfish, do you know what I mean? Of course. it happens to the best of us.
0: Yeah, well look, we can't stay clean today after of yesterday's recovery. No. It's a daily thing. Only get one day at a time. Yeah, of course. It says it in the literature, one day at a time. People say um, whoever woke up earlier today has got the most clean time. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many days you had previously, it's one day at a time. And um, just for today, I've had a good day.
1: Yeah, I'm hard on myself sometimes, I suppose, because when you look at where I am today and the dad I am today, a husband I am today compared to five years ago, mm. it's chalk and cheese. So, but doing that thing in the middle of the night with my son, for example, I can come down on myself like a ton of bricks. But and you did wake up. Wanker and, yeah. and you did do what you were supposed to do. Yeah.
0: Whereas I'm sure previously, I know I would have come up with some excuse and I would have sat there and I would have suffered the consequences. Mm. There's been times where stuff like that's happened. and I'm like, no, I can't do it. Mm. Can't do it. Not today. Not for me. And um beat myself up about it, but almost believe myself. Did you do that? I used to talk a, i talk myself in or out of situations, make myself feel okay about it.
1: All the time, yeah.
0: When really deep down, I knew what I was doing was
1: wrong. I'd flip it on my missus though. So yeah, it, me too. Sometimes she'd apologize for my yeah. fucking bad behavior. i I've had that. Do you know what I mean?
0: Manipulation. Yeah. I started that young manipulation.
1: Yeah.
0: I truly believe my addiction has own been bullshit, alive. bullshit, yeah, yeah, yeah. My addiction has been alive in yeah. me way before I picked up a substance. Just brewing. Yeah. Way before I picked up a substance. Mm. And... Um, yeah, look, substances give me that relief. Like we were saying, it was it was my medicine for a long time. And it worked. It did work. Until it didn't anymore. Mm. Thank God for the
1: 12 steps. What about your support system now? Talk talk to us a little bit about that. So. You got many people wrapped around you or? I've got a core group,
0: small tight group. Yeah. You're in it. You know that. Yeah. I have regular contact with my sponsor. I have regular contact with my sponsees. Yeah. And there's a few little people dotted around that I've sort of met, bonded with through my recovery. Yeah. And they're my go-to guys. Yeah. The best thing that I could, the best piece of advice I could give you is don't only use the tools and the people and the resources available to you when things are bad. Mm. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because I have a tendency to do that. When things are okay, I don't reach out. Mm. And then when it comes on top... Then I want to throw help at it.
1: I've got better at that, though. Maybe it's because I'm a couple of years ahead of you. But
0: No, no. I'm saying I've got much better than that. I used to do it in the beginning. It was like like you say with step 10 inventories and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I would only write them when it was bad. Mm -hmm. Then I got into a habit of doing them regularly. Yeah. And you catch the patterns before the behavior start getting off key.
1: Yeah. Same with sharing, though. If I've had a good day, i share because I think it's so important. Do you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people in the meetings who have had pretty shit days. Do you know what mm. I mean? Pretty shit years. Mm. And again, they need that fucking light at the end of the tunnel. They need to know that, okay, if I apply myself, I can have a good day. That good yeah. day is around the corner, right? And yeah. um, it's so important. And I tell my sponsees to act like that as well. And I Because I was suggested by my sponsor to act like that. Because it's, um, yeah, you can't. There's lots of doom and gloom. Um, out there, especially when you're using or just coming back out from a relapse or just coming into the rooms or you're new to recovery um, and you need to hear that hope. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's, what, that's what got me to stick around. If it was all doom and gloom and these fucking guys were 15 years clean sharing how shit it was. Of course. Was- well, look, it's
0: a mixture of stuff. There's humour. Yeah. There's lightheartedness. There's darkness. There's sadness. There's happiness. It's a full range of emotions, right? And every meeting's different. Everyone who's sharing is different. Everyone's got a different story. And um, you know what? That's what keeps keeps me coming back. It's the people.
1: Yes. I, I love going to meetings, mate. I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's, um, like I said, we went out for fellowship last night. There was 12 of us. Went for a tie. It was just fucking laughter. The mm-hmm. whole thing was laughter. And it was, yeah, it was beautiful. It was really, like... I don't know what it was. I walked out of that restaurant with a warm, fuzzy glow around me and it just... You, they, people say in the rooms, it tops me up. Do you know what I mean? It's like when you go to the petrol station top your car yeah, up your with fuel. Yeah, your spiritual tank's topped up. That's it, man. And yeah. you can walk about for the next two, three days. But at the same time, very quickly, if, you, if, if it runs out, do you know what I mean? Like your oh, car yeah, it does runs, run out. Yeah. You have to keep topping it up. Yeah, it's a good analogy, that. Great analogy. Yeah. But
0: also for me, there's so many different ways of topping it up.
1: Yeah.
0: So many different ways. Like whether it be prayer, meditation making that phone call, yeah. working with a sponsee. Yeah. Like I recently shared in, um, in a prison. What an experience. Yeah. Nice. What an experience It's like uh, I'll come out of there So topped up. Yeah. Really, really topped up. Mm. And, um, it added to my gratitude because then people can't leave. They've made mistakes. Yeah. They're banged up. Yeah. I'll get to walk around. And, um, when things are coming on top, by going to them places and hearing them stories and seeing these people from all different walks of life,
1: mm. my gratitude goes through the roof. Yeah, nice man. We'll do an episode on the on the prisons because it's massive.
0: 100%. percent so we we'll look, H&I in general, which yeah. is hospitals and institutions, yeah. I, I had a and i commitment for for sort of 18 months, two years, and uh, that is rewarding work.
1: Yeah, amazing. I've done a couple of shares in the treatment segments, and it's I don't know what it's about. I think because they're, they're so... Um, they're listening to your every single word Mm. you say, because they're so, I don't know, they're so raw, I suppose, and they want it so much that it's just a, and again, there's a bit of a Q&A at the end, normally of those shares. And it's just, again, I walk out feeling fuzzy because you're helping someone.
0: We could be the first link to the 12 step program and certain fellowships that then people have ever heard. Yeah. Nice. So as well as it being rewarding, I think we've got people who do that work. I've got a big responsibility. Hmm. I've, I've taken meetings into treatment centers and seen people from there in the meeting and they're like, I'm here because you came there and told me that this was here. Yeah, nice. So that's another thing sort of ties this all back to the beginning about treatment centers. And when you first come in, mm. you'll get detoxed, you'll get fattened up a little bit. They'll give you some nice food. You'll do a bit of counseling. When you leave treatment, you're out in the big bad world. Mm. You've been in a safe little bubble that's when you need to throw yourself into the program. Yeah. And um, I've seen the people that come out and the people that throw themselves into it. And I've seen the people that think they're cured when they come out of treatment. And um, the ones who think they're cured, are not, they're not around anymore. I'm not saying they're necessarily dead, but you don't see them. Yeah. And um, the ones that do come out and throw themselves into the program and the ones that are thriving. There's a guy, I think he's coming up on two years. Yeah, nice, man. The first message you he ever heard was me talking to him in the treatment center. Beautiful. Yeah, that gives me... Um, that gives me a really good feeling.
1: I'll finish on, look, if you're struggling out there and you're worried to ask for help, my experience around it is, fuck it. What what's, What else you got to lose, do you know what I mean? It's what have you got to lose? Um, because continuing your behaviours out in the big world, using and hurting people, there's no fucking future in that, my experience is. There's that asking for help was the moment when my life took off um Mm -hmm. and um i couldn't recommend it enough it's um your journey begins I mean there's a lot of life to live out there and um by not asking for help you just you're idle you're not you're not moving forward very well said i couldn't agree more i
0: thought when i came in that my life was over the opposite is true Mm. my life literally begun Mm. and um yeah long may it continue